Hey guys, Dylan here, producer of the Ecommerce Alley podcast. Now, before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer that we are giving all of our podcast listeners. If you scroll down below this episode in the show notes, you'll find a link to a special podcast listener deal on our scientific e-commerce Facebook ads testing course. Now, normally this is $27, but we're going to give you a special link to grab it for only 10 And included with that is a 30-minute ads expert call where we help answer your questions and implement the content. Thank you very much for being a valued listener to our podcast. And now, on to this episode. Jim Rohn has a great quote, and he says, don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. You know, I believe we live in a microwave in an Amazon Prime world where everybody just wants now, right? Everyone wants same-day shipping or overnight shipping or two-day shipping, and they expect it. They want it fast. They want it easy. And then when you take this to the applicable real world, what happens is adversity strikes. And when adversity strikes in your business, then those same people are then complaining that it's too hard and it's not fair, and they become a bunch of Eeyores. You know, <laughs> you know like Winnie the Pooh? They're Eeyore, right? They're saying, it's all for naught. The little guy just can't win, right? They become all these Eeyores. And so stop wishing that it were easier. Instead, wish you were better and then become better. I've learned a lot in business over the last decade, and I know some people probably listen to this are like, Josh, you're just you're just a little kid. 10 years in business, I've been in for 20 or 30. Well, I'm sure you have a lot that you could share with me. But what I wanna do is I wanna share some things that I've learned the hard way. And these, these, are, these learnings were not learned the easy way. It took time and it took uh, reoccurring of these different situations that then started to change my my belief system and started to change the lens which I viewed business and not only business but life through as well because what I want to share today is I want to share five critical business lessons that I I have learned I believe the hard way because I was punched in the face and punched in the face and punched in the face by these over and over again until I finally understood them and I learned how to shift my perspective and shift the way my brain operated when it came to these five Five different lessons. And so when I see these pop their heads up, I have these embedded in my mind. You can go ask anybody on our team. You can ask most people in our Mash Profits Mentorship coaching program. And many of these, they would be able to repeat because I say them over and over. And I have to because they've helped shape uh, our entire uh, business where it is today. So I'm gonna walk through these. Hopefully you can apply these. And uh, if you like this, please share this podcast with someone else. Let's dive into the very first thing. So speaking of first, the, the first lesson that I learned was that the first is the worst. You know, I wanna think about this even outside of business. The first time you do anything is the worst time you do anything. The first time you ride a bike, the first time you walk, right? You don't just, you're not out of the womb, straight on your feet, walking and running. There are steps, no pun intended, to that process. And the first time you do something is the worst time you do something. I want you to think back to when you first were starting your business and you had no idea how to create an LLC or how to create the entity that you wanted. And so you're just going through the process, figuring out how to create an LLC. And then the next time you have a, you start, you maybe start a business or like me, you get into real estate and you need to start a, use, creating LLCs for different properties that you have, well, you've been through the process. And then the third time and the fifth time and the hundredth time, you're a lot better. The same thing I've learned implies 
in business. When we do anything, it sucks at first and it only gets better from there. As you get your reps and as you get your repetition in, it becomes better. In the beginning, you don't know what offers work what ads work, what emails work, or who your ideal customer maybe is. Maybe you're very general with your messaging because you just don't know. And that first email that you send is the worst email you're gonna send. It's not gonna be designed right. The uh, the head, the subject line is gonna be a really crappy subject line because you don't really know what stuff clicks and you won't know what is working. You, the first is the worst. And there's a quote by Voltaire who's a French philosopher and he said, perfect is the enemy of good. A lot of times we try to be perfect. We try to get it to this very precise point and good is good enough to move on. Get mo. That's what I like to think of. When we're running our business, I can perfect things to death. But if it is get mo, is it good enough to move on, to put it out there, to receive feedback and then continue to refine? I even think back when we, when we launched the podcast at first, our lighting was all off. Uh, it wasn't where it is now and the quality that it is now. We didn't have the angles down that we wanted. The audio mixing was kind of up and down. Like we hadn't dialed in the compression. We hadn't dialed in the levels of everything. And now here we are and you listen to my voice, hopefully, uh, you think the same thing that I do is that it's a lot crisper. It's a lot cleaner. We know what we're doing. And so perfect is the enemy of good enough. The second thing, Second uh, business lesson that I, I feel I really learned the hard way is that marketing is a mathematical equation, not an emotional decision. And I've said this so many times, but it's so much easier said than done. It's easy to say this. It is very difficult to do this. Marketing is a mathematical equation, not an emotional decision. And why is that? It's because human beings are emotional beings. It's difficult to let go of our emotions when our emotions are involved in the decisions that we often make. You know, we spend all this time crafting the perfect headline, the perfect creative, the perfect email, the perfect whatever, and we're internally biased to believing that is going to do well. But if you've been in marketing for any period of time, you know that sometimes it does well, but sometimes pff, it flops, it sucks, it produces no results. And when that happens, you're just sitting there like, uh, just like smashing your head against the wall, like, oh, I put all this time, I put all this effort, I put all this thought into it and all this love and it didn't do what I wanted it to do. And that's why we need to remove our emotion from our marketing-based decisions. And I would even, I would even uh, argue to say that this is applicable even outside of marketing. Uh, business, a lot of times, certain elements of business are mathematical equations that you have to understand. But we must remove our emotion. We must trust the math. And in marketing, we can then use these indicators like click-through rate, cost per click, ROAS, open rate, conversion rate, AOV, et cetera, to guide those decisions in our marketing. So remember, math is greater than emotion, especially when it comes to marketing. In other words, we need to control the controllables. You can't control the outcomes of every single marketing thing that you do, but you can control the inputs and improving your skills to become better that then helps produce greater outcomes. That's the second lesson. The third lesson is that it's not, it's not if, it's what and when. And I think this applies, I'm gonna apply this to marketing because that's what I love and that's what I live, eat, sleep, and breathe. But this applies to a lot of other areas of your business and even other things in life as well. You know, it's not if, it's what and when. Meaning it's not if it works, it's what 
that looks like for you and when that ends up happening. And I believe that, you know, if you say, oh, well, that doesn't work for me, insert whatever, right? Oh, uh, Google ads doesn't work for me or TikTok ads doesn't work for me or Facebook ads or email or SMS or social, whatever, whatever, insert whatever you want to say doesn't work for you. And then what I would challenge you to do is go say, okay, well, is there anyone else in my industry that is absolutely destroying me? That is a leading, uh, a leading brand in my space. Probability is yes. There is a high probability that someone in your space, because no space is brand new, one wheel was brand new for a while, now there are competitors and there are people coming out with other things, right? The competition is growing. You're, you're not the only person in your space. So if someone is in your space and they are crushing it, what are they doing? They figured it out. It's not if, it's when and what that looks like for you and your job as an entrepreneur, as a marketer, is to bridge the gap between what that looks like for you, what the messaging, what the offer, what the marketing medium, what the whatever looks like, because it looks different for everybody, and when that ends up happening. The problem is when you're bridging the gap between what and when on that journey to building that bridge, most people give up. Most people give up because it is easier. It is much easier to say it doesn't work it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for my industry, it doesn't work for insert whatever excuse. It's easier to say that than to say, maybe I need to reflect, maybe I need to say, oh, my offer isn't good enough or my messaging needs really tightened up. I need to go better my skills in advertising. I need to go better my skills in copywriting. I need to better my skills in finding someone to do creatives or doing creatives myself so that my results will go up. It's easier to say it doesn't work than to actually say, you know what? I'm not gonna throw in the towel. I'm gonna build this bridge even if it is really difficult and not comfortable because it's not if, it's what and when. The fourth thing. Just to recap, here's what, here's what we got so far. First, the first is the worst. The second is marketing is a mathematical equation, not an emotional decision. The third is if it's, it's not if, it's what and when. And the fourth is that marketers aren't built, they're born. And I'm throwing marketers in here because again, I love marketing and this applies so much to this. The other day, I was in a conversation with a client of ours and this client is saying how it wasn't fair that their competitors were crushing them with their Facebook ads. And the Facebook ads was prioritizing the reach and uh, Facebook ads has has it out for them. It's not fair, they're getting reach, they're getting ad spend, they're, they're getting all these great results that I'm not getting because Facebook is giving them favor. But the business owner I was speaking with had launched six months prior, six months in. And the, the, the company that they were talking about had been more than five years in the game and was one of the leading brands. And so just like we aren't born within an immediate knowledge of how to walk, run, or ride a bike, marketers aren't born with an innate ability to write copy, to understand how to build scroll-stopping creatives, and to know how to craft messaging and, and craft offers that really resonate with your audience. You may not even know who your ideal customer is. You might say, oh, it's anybody who will buy from me. And at the beginning of your business, to get to six figures, that might be so. Just whoever can pay me, I'll take their pay, or I'll sell them all my products. All my products are great. But then later when you really wanna scale, you have to become very, very specific. And if you don't have a specific customer or ideal customer, chances are um, you got some building to do. You have to figure that out. Uh, because again, it's not if, it's what and when. And great marketers aren't born, they are built. They don't just come out of the womb knowing how to do all of that stuff. And just like the first campaign is the worst, you will learn what resonates, you will grow over time. 
is why Jim Rohn has a wonderful quote. He said, don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. Every headline you create, every ad you design, every email that you send, every subject line that you create, every optimization session that you hold and you analyze the data and take the time, even if it means you're going slow at the beginning because you're still learning, it will make you a wiser and a stronger and more effective marketer. Then the fifth one was that I learned that to go slow is to go fast and to go fast is to go slow. Because we live in what I call a microwave in an Amazon Prime world, everybody wants now, which is why the microwave was invented because we're all super impatient. Everyone wants two day or same day shipping. Everyone wants now, but to go fast can actually be unhealthy and it can, it can actually really wreck your business. Um, one of the things that comes to mind with me is when we were, when we were starting in year one, I did like 59,000 in revenue. In year two, we did $296,000 in revenue. Big jump, 60K, I'm just gonna round up, 60,000 and let's say 300,000. We 5X revenue from year one to year two. Well, as a new entrepreneur, I had no idea, what, what do you do with that, right? You go from $5,000 a month to uh, whatever the math on that is, <laughs> $25,000 a month. I'm trying to do this math in my head really fast. So 25, from, from 5,000 a month to $25,000 a month, that's a pretty big jump. So what did I do? Well. I grew really fast, and so I just started hiring people. I didn't know what to do, I didn't have processes. I didn't have streamlined, effective processes. I didn't know what I was doing, so I went and I hired all these people. And um, having all that labor destroyed my margin, put us upside down, and we took home like $13,000 in year two after everything was said and done. We were making more than $1,000 a month at the net profit at the, very end of the, at the very end of the day. And we really couldn't survive on that. And so we went from just two of us in the business in the first year, which really we didn't make a whole lot of money. When you have two people, 60K, not a whole lot after expenses. And then we got a whole office in year two and we ended up hiring 10 people. We got up to 12 people in year two. Why? I have no idea. 12 people, 300,000 in revenue, you do the math. Uh, the amount of money we're making per head after paying everyone overhead was ridiculously stupid. But we did it because I had no idea. I went fast and what did that do? It slowed us down dramatically. We had a back step for years. We had to figure things out. We got in loads of debt. We were constantly battling the month over month cash flow situation of, oh, next month is the month that it's gonna happen. Next month, we're gonna have margin. Next month, we're gonna have profit. And it never came. There's an old quote by Abraham Lincoln. Maybe you've heard this. And he said, if I only had an hour to chop down a tree, I would spend the first 45 minutes sharpening my ax. I think that's a little bit extreme, but I think that he was making a point, <laughs> obviously. He was making a point that uh, don't go spend 45 minutes sharpening your axe. Like, come on, let's be practical here. That probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This is gonna take you more than 15 minutes to chop down a tree. But if you're going to do that, I believe the point he was making is that so often in life, we focus on simply doing and just grinding our way through it versus the best way of doing something. There's great value in pausing, in reflecting, in asking yourself, is this the best option or opportunity that I have? Or am I doing this without proper, proper foresight, without strategic thinking, without pausing to think of the variables, which is why I believe that to go slow is to go fast. You take your time and make sure it's done right and you process instead of going so fast that you end up slowing down and it takes you multiple steps back because you can't control the growth, because you can't make the decisions along the way. Because if you force it 
If you try to force it and go fast, you will lack the profitability. You will make poor decisions and you will ultimately achieve your goals much slower. At least that's what I've I've observed. There are obviously people that have experienced hyper growth and they have figured it out. But for the normal person that I have seen in, in our ecosystem and in our circle and in our clients and myself, it is better to go slow. You'll make faster progress being wise, being smart, going slow and steady. A few years ago, our uh, our family, we spent a few months researching the coffee family crest. And after uncovering the crest, we spent all this time going ancestry.com and all these different things. And by the time we're all said and done, there were there were two things on this family crest that really stood out to me. And I actually have the family crest on my water bottle. My brothers all have like tattoos of it. Uh, we all have the family crest. And what's really cool, there are two things that stood out. Number one, the name coffee is spelled C-A-U-G-H-E-Y, different than our last name. When it was in Ireland, because we're a bunch of Irish, uh, it was spelled differently. That stood out to me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. The second thing, and this is more important to the, where, the point I'm making here, is it had Latin. It was the translation to, it was the Latin translation of the name coffee. And the Latin translation was non providentia said victoria, which translates to there is no victory without foresight. I couldn't have asked for probably a better meaning to our family name uh, because it means you have to take the time, you have to have the foresight, you have to be strategic, you have to look ahead of the battle, into the battlefield and look ahead of what the competition or look ahead of what you might need to do because when you do that, you can have victory. And so I think that's really uh, a really cool thing that kind of tied back to our family name, but to recap these and, and what these eye-opening experiences were and lessons critical that have changed our life. I feel like I learned the hard way. I went through this and I never understood this until we got further in and deeper in. And then I started hone in on these five philosophies that I apply to everything. What I viewed business as with through this lens with. So the first one is the first is the worst. The first time you do something is the worst time you do something. The second is the marketing is a mathematical equation, not an emotional decision. The third is it's not if, it's what and when, and your job as an entrepreneur, a marketer, is to bridge the gap between what and when that ends up happening. But most people throw in the towel and they blame circumstances. Don't be that person. The fourth is that marketers aren't born, they are built. And finally, to go slow is to go fast, and to go fast will ultimately go slow. Thank you for listening to the E-Commerce Alley podcast. I know this was short, sweet. I wanted to change this up and just say, hey, let's just dive into a little bit of, of mindset stuff here because I believe this is so critical. And so if you found this valuable, please leave a review. This episode was produced by Dylan Counts behind the scenes. If you wanna join the E-Commerce Alley Facebook group, go to alleypodcast.com slash group. There's like 3,000-ish of, of us there right now. We go live in the studio every Thursday. Tons of resources, tons of templates to help you on your e-commerce journey from becoming a seven-figure brand and beyond. Thanks for being our listener and we'll see you in the next episode. Hey guys, it's Josh. Thanks for listening to the audio version of the e-commerce alley. Did you know that we actually have an amazing set in high quality video production that gets posted on YouTube every single week? If you've never watched the e-commerce alley on YouTube, you have to go to alleypodcast.com slash YouTube to check it out. Once again, thank you for listening to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy this episode.